Hey, hey, and welcome to another edition of the National Pastime Dynasty Podcast. My name is Huck Breeze. I'll be your host for today. I am joined here by Matt Russell, number one Twins fan, and also Trevor Peterson, number one Giants fan, first place, NL, NL West. Um, how you doing, guys? Doing okay this week? It's Monday. New week. New fancy week. <laughs> Oh uh, man, yeah. I mean, it's a rough Monday <laughs> so yeah, yeah. far. Um, but hey, we're you know our spirits are high. We're uh, we're coming off a, a lot of first loss of the season, so I'm I'm you know looking forward to a fresh fresh start here. Yeah, Matt, Twins are winning. That's different. Feeling good? Uh, I don't know. I don't know that we're winning. Um, but yeah, I'm good. Real baseball isn't doing so well, but fantasy is going well. No, you're up so, two to uh, one. Two to one over the Orioles right now. Top of the eighth. I'm not going to jinx it, but uh, if they do lose the lead, I will keep the uh, podcast updated uh, just <laughs> just to hear your reaction because they, you know, their bullpen is pretty stellar, but you never know. Yeah, much appreciated. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Okay. Did you guys know that we had a no hitter until like five minutes ago? Uh, another one. We almost had another one, um, which is exciting because. Uh, having a no hitter to the, in today's baseball realm is is uh, extravagant. It's something different. Uh, Lance Lynn had it um, up until this inning, and it looks like he's just fallen apart here. Um, three walks and a and a hit and run this inning. So so yeah, it's it's actually kind of refreshing to see somebody fall apart My during a no hitter. Huh? Yeah, yeah. It looks like he got a you know single and. And uh, yeah, we're looking okay. Look okay. All right, let's let's uh, get in some trades. We had a lot of trades this week. Some trades that we thought we'd probably never see. Uh, I don't know what got into people's, you know, drinking water or whatever this week to try to change the trajectory of their entire fantasy league or career, whatever, and trade away their their star blue chip players. But uh, it happened. Uh, we'll start with the first one. Chuck traded Mike Trout. Uh, I think we've all heard of Mike Trout for to John for Springer, Hader, and Joe Adele. Matt, tell me who do you think won this trade and why? So I looked at this one for a while. You know, obviously Mike Trout is on the move. That's a big deal. Um, Chuck thought that he got commensurate value. Um, I understand. Trout is out six to eight weeks. Um, that said, kind of the headliner coming back for Chuck is George Springer, who really hasn't played this year and has no timetable for his return. He's also 31, so I think that's a pretty big risk to take on. Um, hater is hater. We know he's an elite relief pitcher, but at the end of the day, he's still a relief pitcher. Um, so I think it boils down to what Chuck thinks of Joe Adele. We know that he likes him. He drafted him. A couple of years ago, he's still just 21 and, you know, he's never going to be Mike Trout. But in the 21st round, you know, this could be or the 15th round. Sorry. I mean, this could be huge value for him in the future. Um, that said, it's Mike Trout. You know, he's right. been the best player in baseball, the best player in fantasy baseball for past six, seven, eight years. Um, so I'm giving this one to John. Uh, you know, John gave up quite a bit, but to get Mike trout back in the trade i i think he's the winner here yeah trevor what do you think yeah I, man i i'm still it just doesn't really make sense to me like 
I mean, Hader is nice. Like you mentioned, I mean, having a solid reliever locked up in the 14th is cool, but uh, I I don't think it's anything that you can't scoop up in a draft. I mean, he's not generational talent. or Maybe he is, but generational talent for relief pitchers is not as valuable, I don't think, as, as hitting, especially in today's game uh, as far as fancy goes. Hitting is just – I'd rather have the hitter in mostly every trade that goes down. So, yeah. to me, that's yeah. crazy. And Springer, yeah, Matt touched on a little bit. He's 31. Um, he's always – he just – like he play, He seems and plays a little older than 31 to me. Like maybe he taps into more power because the stolen bases are going to go away. And Trout probably is on that same trajectory. Like, I mean, he's still going to steal more bases, but, you know, maybe uh, – I think that he has a a way higher ceiling as as he progresses in age to get more power and and still be more valuable without the steals. Um, I mean, and and he's still going to hit for average too. And the Dell thing, man, like I mean, he's twenty two. Matt said twenty one. He just turned twenty two. But dude, he's like he strikes out so much. There's got to be a reason why he's not in the big leagues right now. Like for the angels outside of fantasy, like, I mean, what the hell is happening? Like that. We don't have Brandon Marsh. You're going to roll out Juan Ligaris and tell me that we can't at least see what Joe Adele is. I mean, I know he's hit nine home runs in 16 games or whatever this season, but he's still striking out 35% of the time. Like, yeah, it's just, I don't know. I, if, Dude, I don't know. I've, I would always rather have the sure thing. And Adele's cup of coffee was ugly. I mean, I know, right. again, it was just 132 plate appearances. But, dude, I, it's just – so, to me, I think John, John John got that one. I mean, even in five years, it w- would it surprise you if, if, if Mike Trout was hitting like 300, ending a season in five years, hitting 300 with – 40 home runs, but no steals. Would that absolutely. be great? Would that? Yes. Yeah. I think it, that's crazy. Yeah. yeah, no, I, I, I absolutely, I think it's, yeah, I think that's great. I, I think that's a small percentage. I think that, the, that would be a, okay. A, a but who's more likely to do that trout or Springer? Oh, of course it would be Mike trout. Probably the best statistical and best baseball player of all time. Um, and Joe for, Adele could not be playing baseball in four years. that's true that's true i mean we've seen these these top prospects you know flop and uh, or come back or 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 i mean maybe it sometimes it takes people a while sometimes they they need to cook in the minors they need to get some some at bats under their stuff i mean look at byron buxton on the on the twins there was a while where we thought byron buxton was a huge bust comes out and he's you know as long as he's not injured he's a great player he's a player that's feared at the plate uh as as far as this trade is concerned eight years ago when this league was baby, baby, baby league um, and people were drafting Albert Pujols in the first round, uh, you know, we thought Albert Pujols would be Mike Trout. I mean, Albert Pujols is where Mike Trout is right now. Um, And we thought Albert Pujols was probably the best player in the league at that time. Um, This was probably right around when he was going to the angels. And, you know, you know, we we had a different view of him now. Obviously, about four or five years later, Albert Pujols fell off. From a fantasy perspective, Albert Pujols was different than Mike Trout. First round versus seventh round, 
Mike Trout's in the seventh round. It's amazing. I mean, it's stuff that we can brag about to any person in any fantasy league. I have Mike Trout in the seventh round kind of thing. So it's not, it's going to be a while before he doesn't return the seventh round value. Unlike Pujols, who probably lost it three years after that, you know, after he reached the Angels, it was kind of like, eh. yeah, I'll take Pujols in the 10th round, ninth round, eighth round, something like that. Maybe he hits 30 home runs for me. But, uh, but yeah, he's not you know, doing the doubles. He's not just hit for average. To interject on that, like, I mean, just from a pure physical standpoint, like, I mean, Albert was in way better shape, obviously, five years ago, but there, there's just no shot that Mike Trout doesn't have a better chance of staying in relatively good shape in the next five years. Like, well, yeah, he's a way better athlete than Polo's was. It's a center fielder versus first baseman. I get that. And I, I know he, he eventually he'll be a corner outfielder, I would guess, or or something along those lines when he gets into his mid to late 30s. Um, and I'm not by any means saying that Mike Trout's going to slow down to a complete stop. What I am saying is, as from a business perspective, a fantasy perspective, uh, Chuck looks at his team. He just won a championship with Mike Trout. Um, Mike Trout is losing. He, so we're already more than a fourth of the way through the season. He's losing another quarter. Uh, or another third, I'm sorry, if the, if the league's only six months long, season's only six months long, we've already played a third, and he's losing another third, he'll only get a third out of Mike Trout for the year. Uh, if you want to try and win this year, which he's probably set up to keep doing that, this is a good trade for Chuck. I think that Springer will eventually be back as long as he's healthy. You really bolster the bullpen with, with Josh Hader. And Joe Adele, you know, I think we see him. We'll probably see him. We've seen prospects come up and just play absolute shit, like shit. We've seen uh, Aaron Judge came up his first year, and I believe I had him in the last round, and or John did, or somebody did, and they dropped him because he just he came up and went like batted like 59 with a bunch of strikeouts, a whole bunch of strikeouts. So, I, I, I mean – we, we, the, the book is not closed on Joe Adele yet, uh, and he does have good value in that 15th round. Uh, I, th- the thing that bugs me about this trade from Chuck's perspective is that he definitely didn't get the best price. I don't know, and he traded in division. So it's, there's, I mean, a bunch of people came out and said, whoa, 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 I would have given much more than that. And whether Chuck says that, other people's packages were much more than George Springer, Josh Hader, and and uh, Joe Adele. That's up to him. But I can guarantee that he could have gotten an offer from every single team in the league. And it just silently went behind the scenes. No one else probably got any offers. Uh, and And it just kind of came out like this. Who do I think wins in this uh, long term? I, I, I don't know. I, I think both teams kind of lost. <laughs> I know it's terrible to say with the best player in the league, but I, I think that uh, John has this young movement uh, planning for the future and then gets a guy to win now or in the next two or three years uh, while Chuck is losing the best player uh, in the seventh round for a team that is set up to probably win now and in the years to come. So I don't know. It was a weird trade. It was an odd trade. I, I think, 
neither team won this. And I know it's a weird thing to say, but, uh, but yeah, it's, it's, we never thought it would happen. We, we thought Mike Trout would be a kind of forever guy retire on the same fantasy team. Um, but that's not the only trade that we had. We had another one. It's like people just wanted to outdo each other. Uh, Max traded Mookie Brett, Mookie Betts, Victor Robles, and Vidal Bruhan uh, to Andrew, who seems like he makes a trade a day, to for uh, Randy Rosarina, Andrew Vaughn, who's since been traded again, and Glaber Torres. Trevor, tell me, who do you think won this and why? Uh, you might be muted. Yeah. Can you hear me there now? Yeah, I can hear you now. Oh, I accidentally flipped the button. My bad. Um, okay, got excited. Yeah, I think I think um, this year, I think, um, let's see, Max wins this one. Um, I know he already traded Vaughn for Bundy. Um, so, I mean, if you want to just do a Rosarina, Bundy, and Glaber, um, I think that's a great deal for him. I know, Andrew, it's like one of those things where I always say I like to get the best player, but this one isn't really that circumstance. To me, Mookie's, like, I don't know. I, he, he, I don't like Dodgers. I don't like Dodger Stadium for, for hits. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like one of the better parks for home runs, which is weird, but it's not good for hits. Um, and for him to be not hitting home runs right now <laughs> when he's in like, I think the second best ballpark for home runs, um, I, there's something not right with him. Like, obviously I know he had the back thing earlier this year. Um, and he's, um, getting older in age. I mean, he, he has the true talent to be, um, like to continue to being, you know, a top 10 player, but, but he's on the downside of that. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I think a Rosarina and Glaber. Um, Glaber's still so young, and Andrew sold low on him because um, he had one home run there or something like that. Um, so he's obviously – I just think he's going to get better. Um, we saw him hit 75 home runs against the Orioles in two years ago or whatever that was. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, So he's going to play a lot at, at, against the Orioles in the summer, and that's just like – that's a good that's – a, that's, what, that's what you want. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Matt. <laughs> Matt, uh, what do you, what do you think of uh, this trade going on here? So I actually think Andrew is the clear winner here. Um, okay. I think that the package that went back from Mookie is better than what went for Trout. Um, you know, we know Randy; he's a good player first round value at some point is going to make him a little tough to keep but Glaber Torres I mean I know we're dreaming on that power he showed in his age 21 22 seasons um last year and this year hasn't really been there but we're still talking about 80 games um and he had the injury so I think that's probably still there Andrew Vaughn um hasn't hit well, but again, uh, you know, we're only talking about 40 games here. So I think there's a ton of upside. Um, and just to get Mookie out of that, that deal, I, I think it's fantastic. Um, Robles, I still like Bruhan. Um, he's got the steel, the, the speed upside. 
Now playing with Tampa or somewhere else, the way the game's going, if someone doesn't really let him run, uh, you know, that's going to kill some of his power. But, yeah, I mean, I think Andrew getting getting Mookie is, is the clear winner here. To me, it's the best player in the deal. It was Trout going to John and uh, Mookie going to Andrew. That's the winner. Yeah. Yeah, I, I'm going to agree with you. I, I, I don't see how you make a trade like that for a guy like a Rosarina is the main package there. Um, you know, when I saw it, maybe it would have been different if Andrew Vaughn stayed in that seven spot for him, but he, and it, he traded away Robles in seven spots. So I thought, okay, you know, this might be something uh, that, you know, he had planned ahead and maybe he's getting, you know, I don't know, something that he knows that I don't know. Andrew Vaughn might be a guy that's going to be a mainstay in that, in that potent White Sox lineup for a long time. But then he went and traded him for Bundy, who has had three straight. Bundy wasn't like a top tier pitcher to begin the season. Now he wasn't terrible, definitely draftable, but uh, he wasn't somebody that was high up on our on our pitching list. You know, he's a high strikeout guy. So um, you know, he but also he could get blown up. Just as we've seen uh, the last uh, three starts, he's got a 15 plus ERA in every one of those starts. So he's gone on the streak of old Dylan Bundy after a, a decently solid start. Um, and he's getting a, ran- a Rosarina who was one of the top touted free agent picks of this year's fantasy draft. I mean, we all thought he would be a first rounder. He's great. I mean, he's one of the top talents, definitely the top hitter there on, on the Rays. But he's got Freddie Freeman also in the first round. So that kind of ties him up by the ankles there. Yeah, I'm sure he'll try to remove Randy or Freddie as the season progresses, but Still, it's just a it's not trade to trade away your fourth pick, who definitely is a top five uh, fancy player in the league. I think the thing that really sticks out for him, the thing that he really wanted was Glaber Torres. And to me, I'm just not a Glaber believer. I don't like Glaber Torres. I think he goes on streaks where he will hit six balls in a month and four of them will be home runs. Um, He'll strike out tons of times he'll go on he's very streaky uh he reminds me a lot of javier Baez, but just not as much pop uh as you know i made that bet for a reason with andrew earlier this season that he wouldn't reach 30 home runs right now we are at the end of may he's got two two home runs so you know i just don't see it i i i don't understand i think uh, there was that mookie Betts was absolutely stolen I don't like Victor Robles. Um, it, Vidal Brujan, maybe something. Uh, he, he's not a Wander Franco type prospect. Um, he reminds me of kind of Luis, Luis Urias from the Brewers, uh, who has kind of been overshadowed by some other players over there. Um, so, so yeah, I, I, I think that, that Andrew definitely won this one. And speaking of, Andrew winning trades. We got another one uh, that that we didn't put in the notes, but we definitely want to talk about here with Sutton. And it seems like he's dealing with Sutton a lot. Um, I'm going to let Trevor chime in on this one. The trade was, uh, give me one second. It was, uh, oh, Flaherty, Presley, Cronenworth for Nate Lowe, you Darvish, Jonathan India. Trevor, tell me why, uh, why why the trade happened. Well, just to go back on what you're saying about Glaber, um, he's only striking out 
20% of the time. And last year it was 17%. And the year before that's 21. Baez is definitely in the 30s, maybe close to 40. So, yeah, I, I don't think he's ever going to be like Baez as far as strikeouts go. But, um, yeah, the, the 38 homer power might not ever come back. But he's in a Yankee lineup and in a Yankee stadium. So, um, but, yeah, this trade, um, you know, at first I texted Andrew – and was like, I, I didn't like what he got for Darvish. Um, I think, in my opinion, Darvish is a top 10 pitcher. Um, and, and like, his, I don't know, he's a second round, a third round keeper. So maybe his keeper isn't making him a, ten, a top 10 starter pitch, starting pitcher. But for this season, uh, like, yeah, I don't know. He's gonna he's gonna be solid. He's gonna win a lot of games. He's gonna get a bunch of quality starts. He's gonna get a ton of strikeouts. Mm-hmm. Um, but then you know that was really the only piece. Like I mean, Nate Lowe's fine, but to get Cronenworth um, with the position eligibility and obviously like he's he's probably had a full season or close to a full season worth of at bats by now since last year was his like first real season and then this year. Maybe not, but still, he's. I mean, if, if he's not a full season, it's close to it, and he's just continued to hit. So that's a huge. Um, that's a huge addition. Um, I don't like Flaherty. I, I like he's seven and zero or whatever, maybe eight and zero now. But like going back on what I was talking about last week, he just is not. He doesn't. He doesn't have great stuff, and like and that's not everything for a pitcher. And I've said that, but it, it definitely, it definitely is a very good telling story um, for, for the longevity of pitchers and just the quality of pitchers. Um, and then getting Presley is, is, is awesome too. So I still think Andrew came out on top of this, even though I'm not a big Flaherty guy um, mm-hmm. getting Cronenworth and Presley um, again for this year. And then Flaherty's going to be solid. He's a solid pitcher. He's just not, I just don't think he's going to get anywhere near the value of Darvish, but I guess that's why he got those other two pieces in there. So I think Andrew got this one. Okay. All right, Matt, what do you think? So I'm a bigger Flaherty fan than than Trevor is. So I break this trade down kind of in two parts. Um, You know, we have a, in my mind, a frontline starting pitcher in the second round for another frontline starting pitcher in the second round. That's Flaherty versus Darvish. Um, Maybe Darvish is going to be better this year, but I think those guys are pretty comparable, and I'll take the 25-year-old over the 34-year-old anytime. So I think that's a win for Andrew in that starting pitcher trade straight up. Um, and now we look at the other pieces, Cronenworth and Presley for India and Lau, and and I still think that's a big win for Andrew. Um, India has already been dropped. What was that? India's already, India been has already been dropped. Yeah, exactly. I, I saw that Sutton dropped him today. Um, you know, he may have some future value, but he's not keepable. So it doesn't really matter in this, this league. Um, I think Lau went undrafted. So there's really no future value there. Cronenworth is certainly valuable. Presley is, you know, probably a top 10, 12 closer. Um, so I think that two for two is a win for Andrew as well. You combine it all together. I think that's a, that's a big win for Andrew. I think Andrew's done extremely well for his team this year and long-term with both of the big trades that he made. 
Yeah, I, I'm just there. You know, I love Sutton to death, but there's just the way he runs his team just kind of bugs me, man. Like these trades are killing you. You're 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 trading long term value for. I don't know. Like you really wanted you Darvish. This would it, it it just looks like you just were really thirsty for you Darvish and you came out and you you were willing to give whatever you you needed to. Cronenworth was a great, you know, late round guy. Uh Presley is a solid closer and Flaherty is a great, you know, starting pitcher. And you got you Darvish. Nate Lowe is is somebody that, you know, everybody's been trying to get rid of. I know Max was trying to get rid of for a long time. Uh, and now, you know, uh, Andrew came out and and dumped it on uh, another unexpecting Rangers fan. So it just seems like with uh, Sutton's team, I mean, catcher, first base, second base, all of them right now, free agents, people that he's picked up, um, his draft has just kind of been dismantled. And it just, I just don't see what happened. I don't. I don't want to say it's collusion. Uh, I know these guys probably up in Dallas talk more than than others, or have trade talks more than others. Um, and it just seemed like uh, that Andrew, not only in this one, but there's been others, have just has just ripped Sutton a new one. Um, you know, I, I, it's it's a competitive league. Sutton's a competitive guy. I think he was in the championship last year. I can't talk down to him, but, uh, but yeah, he definitely just got smothered in this trade. And so hopefully going forward, uh, you know, things even out, but right now it just looks, uh, that just looked God awful to me, but uh, don't want to dwell on that. Don't want to dwell on that. Want to move on to the waiver wire all-stars. So I just, I just want to point out that, um, yeah, start up some shit here that we have a all Sam Crawford podcast guests right now. And yeah. one uh, is now semi-alleging collusion. In the <laughs> oh, no, I, I'm not. OK, they're both two and four. One's two, four and one. One's two and five. Uh, they're at the, the bottom of the barrel in the in the bottom of the barrel Lee or Oof. division. I know it's that's not something that I'm like super afraid of. All I'm saying is that Sutton is making some of these trades and it just seem I just would love to hear his justification for it. And I just feel like it, when we hear that justification, part of it will just be, oh, I just, I really like you Darvish. And it's like, I think he, I think he's a big, I think he likes Nate Lowe. I mean, probably because of the Rangers thing, but <clears throat> I think he likes Nate Lowe a lot and probably values him uh maybe a little bit too high but i don't think he's seeing it as i i really like you darvish just Mm -hmm. to just to be clear so yeah okay all right well okay let's move on to the the waiver wire all-stars i want to hear one guy uh that's currently unrostered that you think should be rostered usually when i do these i like to pick up my guy uh and (laughs) i may or may not do that after this but trevor let's let you go first you got a guy yeah um i know max said pick one player and he got he said it last week too but i always like to have two um and i was only gonna say one but today my catcher came off the aisle which i was not expecting because he had a broken toe so one of mine is actually a catcher um and that's tyler stevenson 
Um, he is, they're playing him at first base. He's 24. He's a big prospect of theirs. Um, he's never even had a full season in like the minors. That's how it like, but they like him enough to bring him up. And I know that they're dealing with a bunch of injuries. So part of it is that, but part of it, I mean, he's hitting fourth in the lineup. He has played a couple games at first base. I think he's like maybe two games from first base eligibility, three games, three starts or like five appearances at first base to be first base eligible. So whatever Votto's going through, I don't, I mean, you know, he's old, so he's mm-hmm. injured now. It could be injured for a while and Moose is good. Is they're all beat up. Right. So all right. he'll probably lose playing time over the course of the season. But I mean, they like this dude and he's massive too. So he passes the eye test. Um, but yeah, he's hitting fourth in the lineup. He's catcher eligible right now. Tucker Barnhart is whatever. He's not, I mean, he's having a decent season right now, but I think Andrew pointed out in the last uh, podcast that his BABIP is way up and it's, he's kind of coming to a crash right now. So I think he'll end up getting more um, playing time at catcher. Starter um, for Sutton's team, by the way, starting catcher, free agent pickup. But yeah, Barnhart. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, well, I mean, we all have some. A lot of us have free agent catchers. Mine, I wanted. I didn't draft him, and I was able to pick him up that night. And he tore. Has been tearing it up, and then he just broke his toe. But he came back today, so I wasn't going to say Tyler Stevenson. But since Carson Kelly is back today, I said it. The other one real quick is Willie Adamas. Um, I, I know there's people that have been hitting me up for shortstop help because um, I have two really th- – three now shortstop eligible guys that are all keepable and all really good players. Um, so some people – a couple people have hit me up for shortstop. Um, but Willie Adamas, man, he went from the worst hitting um, – <laughs> he went from the worst hitting um, stadium to uh, the second be- or third best. I think Dodgers is second. Um, he is selling out a little bit for power, so he's striking out a little bit more this year. Um, but in the full season in 19, he hit 20 home runs. So, I mean, and that's at Tampa or St. Petersburg or wherever the hell they play. So in Milwaukee, I don't see a reason why he won't hit 25 home runs. Um, his average is pretty low right now. He's going to hit 240, 250 probably. Um, maybe chip in five stolen bases, but I think he's good for 25 home runs and uh, should score more runs too um, once the Brewers get healthy. So Adamas, if you're looking for a shortstop on the cheap, uh, he's there. Okay. Matt, what do you got? You can give two if you want. Trevor broke the mold there. So Sorry, I always do. Mm. I, I do have two because my top guy feels like a little bit of a cheat because he, he was rostered until Tuesday. But uh, Argo? No, Jock Peterson. Jock Jams is. Oh, no, uh, Jock where you stay. Yeah. The guy's hitting 269 with a 732 OPS. Now, granted that. Batting average is a little inflated by a high Babbitt, but I think the reason that he was dropped is he only has two runs, two home runs. Uh, I was looking at his baseball reference page. His home run to fly, uh, fly ball percentage is 5.3% compared to a 16.9% average throughout his career. Um, 
He also has a 51.4% hard hit rate, which would be 20th in the league if he qualified. 92.2 average exit velocity, which would be 19th or 17th in the league if he qualified. So he's hitting the ball hard, and I think those home runs are going to come. Now, granted, he's not a full-time player, but he's playing in about 75% of the games, and he's eligible at first, left, and right field. so I think I think he's getting enough at bats, and I think that power is going to come that, that he should be on a roster. Um, you know, I, I'd pick him up if he kind of fit my roster construction. Uh, you know, unfortunately with the, the corner infield and the corner outfield, he doesn't really fit my team. But there's got to be a team out there that that can use Jack Peterson. Yeah. Uh, my other one would be Corey Dickerson, kind of forgotten player. He spent a lot of years in. Colorado, Tampa, Pittsburgh. Now he's in Miami. He's not a world beater by any means, but he's hitting 284. He's got a 736 OPS, slightly above average. Um, again, the power's not there, but we've seen it in the past. You know, I think he's legitimately a 20, 25 home run guy, and he does have eight doubles and 20 runs right now. Or 20 runs right now, and he's another guy with a really low home run to fly ball percentage right now. It's two and a half percent, and on his career, he's at 10%. Um, so I think those homers are going to come. And, you know, even in Miami last year, he was at a 10.8% home run fly ball percentage. So we can't just play park, park factors on that. Um, yeah, I just think he's a solid guy, even though he's left field only, that, you know, somebody could pick up as a bench or a util spot and, you know, provide some value. He's certainly not going to kill you. Yeah, I love Corey Dickerson. Double and triple. He's just so boring, Philly. but he's but he's like he's he's consistently boring but good. You know, I think yeah. that's just why he's not a roster is because it's just like ah, Corey Dickerson. Well, I think a lot of it comes from Corey Dickerson's been on bad team after bad team after bad team after bad team, and he's been right in the meat of the lineup. He's never been like clean up, but he's been that five six guy that comes in and he'll you know hit a good amount of doubles, he'll hit a good amount of triples, but his OPS will be right there in the sevens, like the low to mid sevens. And it's just like, eh, you know, that's just not what we're looking for. Somebody will pick him up for a week, and then it'll be dropped. Uh, but Corey Dickerson's solid, man. I mean, if if you need numbers over a whole month span, uh, looking at it like a money ball type situation, Corey Dickerson's your guy. So I, I definitely agree there. Um, my people, I like a guy who did really well tonight, and he was uh, he was going to be. Uh, you know, my guy going in a little bit on the older side, but Brad Miller for the Philadelphia Phillies, uh, pretty, he stretched out a position, second, third and left field. So, uh, you can play him at different spots, but he's been on uh, a little bit of a tear lately. Um, and, and, uh, just like, you know, Trevor said, this guy's batting in the fifth and sixth spot, um, most days that he does play. Um, whenever they need a pinch hitter, he's the first one off the bench. And a lot of times in these pinch hit spots, he's coming in and succeeding. Um, so he's getting starting time. His last, uh, three games, he's gotten a couple or a pair of hits in all of them. Uh, you know, spread out a triple and homered in two straight games. Um, the last week or so he's stolen three bases. Uh, Brad Miller's always been one of those guys that, uh, either disappears or, or plays great. Um, and if he's playing great, you know, ride the, ride the wave. I know he's only 4% owned right now, but, uh, he is a guy that, that probably should be rostered somewhere now. I mean, batting 317, four home runs, 12 RBIs, two stolen bases, actually three stolen bases after a night. So yeah, go pick him up. 
put them in your spot or whatever spot you need. I know there's a lot of injuries out there. Hell, I have a bunch of injuries. And, uh, and yeah, it should definitely be picked up. Uh, I'll give one more because you guys uh, gave one more. Jonathan Scope. Jonathan Scope. Uh, you know. Yeah. Week, two weeks in a row, Jonathan Scope. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm sorry. I, I just I think Jonathan Scope should probably be owned. Um, he's definitely going to hit in that two or three or four spot in Detroit. And Detroit, quietly, under the radar, has been a decent offensive team, a top 10 offensive team for the past couple of weeks. And uh, so, yeah, he's getting a lot of opportunities. Jonathan Scope's always been one of those money ball type guys that uh, can get the job done on the cheap. Um, he's going to play every day at second base, at least for now. And uh, on days when uh, Cabrera's not not playing, he'll play first. First, yeah. Yeah. So Jonathan Scope's definitely somebody to pick up. He can he hit for power. He'll probably hit 20 home runs this season, 80 RBIs, bat in the mid 200s, and and uh, we'll be looking at him as you know, mid to late round uh, second base option next year. So if you need Jonathan Scope, go pick him up. Maybe I will, you know, if you dare me, maybe I will. Nice. Yeah, I don't Very know. Nice. We'll see. But all right, that's our that's our free agent section. What we're going to do now, as always, we're going to get into our league matchups. Um, I, I apologize because I didn't go over the matchups earlier in the season or earlier last week. But uh, we'll we'll get into the ones going on this week. We'll start out with a uh, a monster matchup. Uh, Carrasco Smisuevos, it's it's Victor uh, versus Wild Card Brad, who's on kind of a hot streak. Uh, Trevor, can you give me this matchup? Tell me who wins. Um, <laughs> I think I'm <laughs> every time. I don't know why it just makes me laugh when I have to talk about Victor or Brad's teams. Um, <laughs> yeah. They're fun. I, yeah. Yeah. They're fun. They're definitely fun. I don't know. What's Bryce Harper's deal. Um, yeah. He's not, he's two nights in a row. Where he hasn't played. Um, I still, I like Brad here. Um, Victor, I think has a head start on him. Yeah. But Brad, but Brad's team, like you said, is getting hot. Um, the Braves are just like, mashing the baseball right now so he, having two of those in the heart of that lineup is is pretty nice mm-hmm. um and then bryce harper whatever his deal is but i'm sure he'll come back um oh because he went 0 for 16 with 10 strikeouts so <laughs> they're giving him a little break um a little breather and then like i said lindor gotta get hot eventually right um maybe yeah. the stolen i mean at least stolen bases even if he doesn't hit like we think he's supposed to He's going to chip in on stolen bases for him this week. Um, Brennan Rogers <laughs> finally came up. feel like he said Brennan Rogers <laughs> since his inception. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, I have a, I have a Brendan Rogers top pros, top prospects card from 2015. Nice. And, yeah. and Brad's been on it since. Yeah. But, but I mean, Hey, he ca- he's been called up finally and, and hopefully he stays healthy. He got a couple hits and RBIs the other night. Um, so I don't know, I but but yeah, I just think the quality up and down the lineup is better for Brad, um, as opposed to just having Aaron Judge and Mark Canna. So mm-hmm. um, I'm taking Brad in this one. Okay, Matt, what do you think? I agree with Trevor. I'm going Brad. Um, 
you know, when I looked at all the matchups, I broke it down in two ways. You know, I kind of looked at the roto rankings for offense and pitching from last week. So I know they're they're a week dated. Um, and then I also looked at two start pitchers, which I, which I think is kind of overlooked sometimes. Um, but with Brad's team, you have, uh, you know, they're 16th in offense and number one in pitching. And Victor's team is 7th in offense and 16th in pitching. Um, Brad seems kind of weird, though, because even though they're number one in pitching, I look at that staff and, and I don't really trust it. I think you have a it's ton of guys. To... Yeah, you have a ton of guys who are overperforming. Um, you know, so I, I certainly expect them to regress to the mean. That said, I, I look at his 16th ranked offense and and I kind of like it. Um, you know, you've got guys like Lindor and Goldschmidt and Chris Davis who aren't performing now, but that's not going to happen all year. So I think the offense bounces back. Um, and even though I expect the pitching to decline over the course of the year, um, you know, I still think it's a stronger all around team and, you know, we'll, we'll allow for that pitching to hold up for at least another week and, and beat Victor's terrible pitching. Yeah. <laughs> you know, every once in a while, and this happens in all fantasy sports with Brad, Brad goes through cycles where his team just looks awful. Like, are you not paying attention? Do you not understand that this person is just not good? Why do you still field him to where all the planets line up and Brad's team just starts to wreck? And uh, Austin Riley's playing out of his mind right now. Uh, you know, I know Harper and Lindor have, you know, not been playing up to par, but they're going to come around. Um, Andrew McCutcheon's had a really good stretch. Uh, as far as the pitching side, who is Kikuchi? I thought Kikuchi was the worst pitcher in the league. Um, you know, a, a five-plus ERA, ERA guy for their forever has come in and been really solid on his pitching staff. Uh, he traded for Alex Wood, which I really like. I think Alex Wood is a, is a good pickup for him. Freddie Peralta's been playing well. John Gray's been playing well. He's still got Javier and Strasburg coming in. I mean, that pitching looks pretty good uh, with Diaz and, and Class A in, at the closer spot. And Hendrick. Diaz, is it? Diaz, is it? Uh, but yeah, I mean, I, mean, I, I like Brad's team. Unfortunately, uh, Victor's team just has not put it all together. I know Turnbull had a no-hitter that last week, but really hasn't, you know, it, you just look up and down. And besides Jansen, um, maybe and and Sandy, uh, you know, as if as far as healthy people, I just don't see it on his team. I don't think there there's a lot there. So, um, yeah, I'm gonna take Brad in this week as as well. I think he takes it pretty easily, probably somewhere around uh, ten to six. I'll say. Next matchup: Dukes of Flatbush, who just absolutely steamrolled me last week, versus Joe DiMamio's Matt. Tell me who wins this one. So I got to find my notes here, but I can go off the top of my head and say I'm gotta check his Duke. notes. Oh yeah, okay. <laughs> that's, that's yeah, nice. I think Dukes is just the stronger team overall. Um, you know, very well balanced. Fifth in offense, fourth in pitching, fourth overall. Um, just really good and deep from top to bottom. I know. Um, you know, some of his weaknesses, Alec Baum isn't really hitting, but, you know, Chuck's invested in him, so he's kind of got to hold on to him for now. Um, the other thing I want to talk about real quick with Duke's team, um, Adolis Garcia, is he for real? Yeah. Unfortunately, Unreal, yes. This guy. 
Yeah. I mean, good, not great in two plus years in AAA, mm -hmm. but just yeah. lighting the world on fire. So we'll see. His um, season stats look like, I mean, right now look like a six you know, or like 80 game season or yeah, have like, like all-star break. Right. Somebody's yeah. stat line for a season, 14 home runs, 38 RBIs, yeah. five yeah. stolen bases. The guy's just mashing. Yeah. I mean, that said, uh, you know, Andrew's team, uh, I really like the frontline pitching. Flaherty and Giolito, uh, to me, are, you know, two of the top eight to ten pitchers. Uh, Presley and Kimbrell are good relief pitchers. The offense is solid. There's not much power there. But I feel like that team should be better than 13th in offense as it is now. Um, the rest of the rotation is kind of middling. But, you know, I think that team is probably going to get better throughout the throughout the year. But I got to go with Chuck. All right, I'll, I'll I'll go off this one, man. I know you mentioned uh, Dolce Garcia. I'm going to mention Joey Wendell. I mean, tonight or today, he had uh, three, four with two runs, a double, a home run, four RBIs. The guy is just amazing. I picked him up. The he was my first pick of the year, my first move, uh, and then I dropped him. Just dumb, just dumb. He also has just been mashing in a season where nobody's mashing. Uh, two ninety eight, five home runs, twenty RBIs, three stolen bases. That was before tonight. Um, he's just, uh, you know, and he spreads it out all over the infield, second base, third base, shortstop. Uh, that's one of his all-star players, him and Trey Mancini, Adoles Garcia. I mean, who needs trout when you got these guys, um, as, <laughs> as, as far as pitching is concerned. Um, yeah, I mean, his bullpen is really scary right now. If you look at, at from a Holtz perspective, Coonrod and, uh, and Devin Williams, along with Alex Reyes, who's. My gosh, I think you and me both, Matt, uh, have put in our time investing in Alex Reyes only for us to crap out and and throw him back into the draft the next year. Now he comes out and he's yep. leading the league in saves. Um, and I kind of knew when we drafted him and when we held on to him that this would kind of be his perfect role. It's come out and be a closer. Um, so good for the Cardinals for for believing in him and, and, and letting him go out there and show his stuff. Um, on the other side, this Frankenstein team that, that uh, Andrew's put together and making trades every single week. I don't think he has anybody on his team that he drafted. I know I'm being uh, facetious here, but, but uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it, it looks okay. His team looks good. Like you said, I think it'll improve as time goes along. Um, it's just Duke's Flappish is going to be hard to beat uh, on a week in week out basis. And, if if Andrew starts losing enough games, I mean, if he can't win, I know it's early. Okay, I know we have what twenty three weeks. Was it twenty three weeks, twenty two weeks, something like that? Um, but if you can't get back to five hundred by like twelve week twelve in the next five weeks, uh, you know, you're it, it, it's you gotta look at uh, whether you're gonna be a seller or buyer at the trade deadline, and uh, you know, Joe Namamio's is not looking too hot i'm gonna take chuck in this one uh how about you trevor what do you think you know i i keep saying to myself the same thing that it's it's early it's early but it, like it's not it's not okay. early i mean we're every month is week week eight and there's yeah. 25 weeks so i mean <laughs> like it's it's getting there like mm -hmm. it's still early i guess but like for you to you know, if you're if you're taking like sample sizes kind of right now, they're, they're probably saying stuff by this point. Is what is basically what I mean. 
Um, so I'll, I'll say that I was wrong. I never publicly said anything about Adolis Garcia, but in my mind, I was like, oh, this is Akil Badu. Like another yeah. just like, hey, Chuck picks him up. He's scorching hot. And then eventually, because that's what his profile showed. He, did, he was kind of bad in the minors. Like he has hot streaks. And then and maybe he does. But dude, yeah, he looks legit now. I mean, especially when you watch him hit some of these tanks like um so i uh, just to say that i was wrong on him um i still i like andrew's team I, I think that he's way better than two and five um and i know a lot has happened since some of those losses um like huck mentioned this whole team is different um so i i i think i think i like andrew in this one um Matt Olson's been hot. Aaron Otto's cr- just crushing the ball. I like Kirloff is nice. He's got Mookie. Frazier's, you know, gets a ton of hits. And I know the Pirates don't score a bunch, but I mean, the average is valuable. Um, so, yeah, I, I don't know. I like Andrew. I like his pitching. Um, Plezak, Flaherty, Giolito. I don't like Paddock right now. Every, like, Everything I see on Paddock is like his four seam is just trash and he keeps throwing it for whatever reason. Um, all of his pitches have like negative, um, have regressed in movement like a ton over the past year. So it just doesn't look good for him. Um, Burns, of course, is going to do his thing. And yeah, Chuck's bullpen is nice, but so is Andrews with the addition of Presley and, and Rogers. Um, so yeah, I think it's going to be close. Uh, I think it's going to be one of those ones that we'll be watching Sunday, kind of like Brad's matchup last week and looking for a, a Paul Goldschmidt hold or something, you know? So, um, I like, I like Andrew here. Okay. Um, just a little update here. I'm sorry, everybody, but, uh, Jorge Alcala for the twins just gave up a two run home run. The twins now lose or are losing three to two in the bottom of the eighth. Um, all right, let's go on here. Yeah. After a nice, after a nice rain delay, you come back in and give up a two run tater. Nice. Yeah. And give old, give up the old wet ball. Um, to do you know, just Yeah. You're having a real good. Yeah. We're having a, yeah. Everybody's having a good time. Um, in play runs two, four and one versus Houston tiger emoji. Um, for those of you who don't know, he changes his team name every couple weeks. That is Chris. Chris is who we're talking about here. Um, <laughs> Trevor, go ahead and start us out there. Who do you think is going to win this one? I got the Houston Tiger um, yeah. in this one. I, you know, we touched on it a little bit earlier with Kevin's team. Um, it's he's. It's like what was that? Two, was it 2019 when him and Victor were having that race to the bottom? It's just like kind of what it feels like again right now. Like when you look at their team, it's just like a hodgepodge of like, oh, I almost picked that guy up on waivers, you know? Um, yeah. But so, the race to the bottom is not that good unless you have some future set up. Yeah. And, uh, no, I definitely didn't mean it as a good thing. <laughs> Sam Huff just ain't going to cut it, I don't think. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. I like Sam Huff, but he ain't going to cut it. Um, so yeah, I, I got the tiger in this and, and I don't even love Chris's team that much, honestly, um, with all the NAs and stuff. I mean, I mean, he doesn't have that many NAs anymore, but 
he's traded. He's made some some strange trades. Acuna is going to do his thing. But then the rest of his team, I'm not a big fan of. Like, starting a catcher at first base is just not it for me. <laughs> Even if it is Grandal, like, I just don't like that. I, I You could probably get more value trading him and then picking up somebody that plays first base and, and doesn't have to worry about ever catching or anything like that. So, um, especially with the stat that Matt threw out, I think, didn't you throw out that, that tweet that said he had five hits in May and four of them were home runs. It was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. That crazy. That was a crazy oh. stat line. Maybe if like you're a, just average <laughs> and a 40 OBP, like that's just yeah. insane. And we're not an OBP league, which is absurd and different topic. But okay, yeah. but still, I I like I like Chris's team here. Um, I, I in this matchup, um, I think he's gonna be able to take this from from. Second. Okay, I'll go uh, next here. I and I know I've been just trashing uh, Sutton this whole time, and I, I'm not doing it. Is nothing personal. It is purely fantasy. That being said, I'm gonna pick Sutton this week. And purely because um, it, before the season, I said that uh, that Chris's team was probably set up the best to win in the future. Looked beautiful. Julio Rodriguez, CJ Abrams, uh, Dominguez. He got Hayes right under my nose. I wanted uh, Brian Hayes, uh, Luis Robert in the last round. Um, just a bunch of talent, bunch of young guys. Um, that being said, they're all still in the minors. Robert's hurt. Hayes is hurt. Um, you know, his pitching just doesn't look all that great. Patrick Corbin was one of his better pitchers has looked like absolute garbage for the pat for this whole season. Um, you know, uh, Rogers, the guy that pitched today for the, for the Marlins, they're not stretching him out. He can't get that win. Um, and on the other side, you know, Sutton's kind of put together this really, really old guy, uh, pitching staff, that gets the job done and they can stretch it out. And they did today, a couple of quality starts, um, uh, uh, you know, a 15 inning 1.8 ERA, uh, for him today. So, um, I, I, I like his bullpen, his bullpen, I think is better, um, than, than Chris is on the other side. Um, and, and as long as his, uh, offensive statistics with this hodgepodge of offensive guys that he has, uh, put some, uh, statistics together, then, I, I think there's no reason why Kevin can't win this one. Go ahead, Matt. What do you think? Uh, well, I'll start with Chris's team. Um, his is an odd team in that it's last in offense and third in pitching. But when I look at the offense, it's kind of solid top to bottom. Uh, I think the big problem is outside of Acuna it's, uh, or Acuna, it's lacking star power. Um, but most of those guys are – or guys that I wouldn't mind having on my team, but it's more or less a utility role. I think his problem is he has a, you know, one through nine. Um, starting pitching, even though it's performing well, a lot of these guys have low ERAs. I'm just not impressed with it. I think outside of Barrios, uh, there's really no one that I, I would want on my team or expect to continue to perform like they are. Um, and then with Sutton's team, seventh in offense, 12th in pitching. Uh, but I look at the offense and, you said it's a bunch of hodgepodge guys, and that's kind of true, but I like it. Uh, there are certainly some overperforming players, Ruff, Mercedes, Naquin, even Jesse Winker, who I who I really like and wanted to draft, but I also don't believe he's going to continue to be the fifth-best offensive player in fantasy baseball. Um, so I expect some 
regression there. Um, likewise, I expect some regression from his starting pitchers. I don't think Means, Lynn, and Boyd are performing to the level their numbers are at, but particularly Lance Lynn has proved me wrong for three years straight now. So uh, overall, I think it's a pretty solid team. So I'm going to go with Sutton. Um, you know, even though I expect regression over the course of the year, uh, I'll say he keeps it up for this week at least. Okay. All right. Let's uh, move on to the next matchup that we have here. Uh, let's see. Uh, we got uh, Paul Goldschmidt's gay one and six, just a rough year for old Tony uh, versus the never nudes. Trevor, what do you think of this? Yeah, I, I feel bad for, for Tony. It's like, his, like he's got good players here and, and like I picked him last week and like, I, like his pitching, you know, he's got some of these studs, but I just don't think that this strategy's it, it's never worked for him. And, and I mean, well, it has he, worked. Looked, he won a championship. I mean, doing it, but did he with this, with the starting pitching thing? Yeah. He's always, always, always done this. Oh, well, I feel like his offense was scary back then, but, but yeah, I guess I'm wrong on that. Um, yeah. But right now, I, man, it's just, maybe he had different and Syndergaard was like, I don't know. I, it just doesn't look good right now. And if I were him, I would, I would see what he can get for some of these pitchers, but if that's the route he wants to take, then I then I think John's going to win this. Um, like I, I tried to think of something to go get Chris Bryant, like some because I like Chris Bryant, but I know that's his favorite player, and I know he's a huge Cubs fan. That's really his like biggest piece. Um, Rendon's been hurt all year, so that's a bummer, but. I think he has, uh, you know, better days ahead of him. And, and like, you know, after he loses this week to John, he could, you know, scratch and claw. Um, and he's going to have to get a little streak going. Um, but he has the pieces. He's got good people. Um, if he made a few trades, I think he could do it. J.D. Martinez is stud. So, um, But John this week, I think, is um, Miguel Sano's playing outside of his mind. Um Trey Turner is like not being talked about, but could be freaking MVP candidate here. Um, Bregman, um, Tommy Pham had arm run. Now he's got Andrew Vaughn there, who I know has been struggling, but at least he's been contributing um, and consistently playing. So um, that's nice. And then his pitching's redonkulous. Woodruff had a hell of a game tonight. And then he's going to throw Bauer, Tyon, and McCullers. Um, so, yeah, I, I think John – I think uh, – yeah, I just think John wins this. Yeah. And I'm going to tell you why um, it, Tony's strategy has kind of died um, as as years have gone on. Well, you know, I think one of the biggest ones is you're right. His offense was absolutely insane. I, if you remember Adrian Gonzalez – he had Andrew Gonzalez at the the height of of his power. Um, he had Chris Bryant when he was young. Um, Anthony Rendon, he's had his whole career. Right. Um, JD Martinez, he's had his whole career pretty much. Um, he's had all these guys at, at decent prices, um, and he's you know remember he used to have AJ Pollock when AJ Pollock was like going off and was an insane all star. Um, he's always had pretty good offenses that have just dominated. 
Um, on the other side, you know, Kershaw's not the Kershaw that we kind of knew him as five years ago or six years ago when he won a championship. Um, Noah Syndergaard's definitely not the guy that we knew him as three or four years ago. We haven't seen Noah Syndergaard play in what a year about or over a year. Um, and, and, you know, Hinjin Ryu is not the guy that we saw last year. I think at this time last year during the pandemic, uh, Ryu was Cy Young candidate guy. Now he's just, I mean, he's not doing bad. Don't get me wrong. He's a, he's a good pitcher. Uh, but, uh, he's not, you know, quite up there with the, the DeGroms of the world. Um, so it's, it's just not playing right there as also, we added walks as a category versus the K to walk, um, whatever. In addition to that, people really started to say, okay, so what I can do is I can take saves and holds. And most of the time, you're aim whip, you know, the strategy that that happens. And you can lessen your moves. You can take your moves and you don't have to worry about streaming those guys. You don't have to worry about doing all that. And it takes a starting pitcher uh market and it just it kind of drops it it plummets it so you have the really good guys up top you've got the you know decent guys in the middle that can be thrown around in trades or even dropped at some points and then those lower streaming guys in case of emergency break glass on a sunday otherwise people don't like to touch them because they'll just ruin a a week of decent statistics uh and it just seems like He's got it's really hard. He's he's really kept it together with whip and ERA this season, which is impressive. But when you have this kind of uh starting pitcher, the amount of starting pitchers he has, which is one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine starting pitchers every week, uh, it's really hard to keep a tight ship. It's really hard to keep a tight ship in ERA, whip, and everything else. And uh, you know, you really gotta hope that you have good weeks out of these guys and and yeah, you'll probably get a lot of wins, but there will be some weeks where you get two wins and you lose that category. And then what have you done? You've, you know. Yeah, Chase just had six wins and had 25 innings pitched or something. Yeah. I mean, with one starting pitcher, it's six wins. Right. It wins is something you're supposed to win with nine starting pitchers, but it's unpredictable. You <laughs> yeah. can, you, you know, you're not going to win saves uh, when you have one closer versus four closers. I mean, if you do, then it's very lucky. But you could win wins uh, with, you know, uh, two or three starters and a bunch of closers that somehow pull it off an extra inning. So um, I, I think that's really affected Tony's uh, game plan over time. This week, I don't think it's it's really going to help. I do like that Garrett Hampson got a triple. You know, I'm proud of him for picking him up, and Garrett Hampson's having a really solid year. Uh, but, uh, yeah, it, it just looks like, uh, John's team is playing like John's team. We got Woodruff came out, uh, pitched a gym today, uh, quality start. Um, clinic is up and he just hit a home run just now. Andrew Vaughn, who he just traded oh, for, he? hit a home run. Yeah. Uh, so John's team's actually looking pretty good, uh, for a team that's playing for the future. Um, if he had Trout in there, then we're talking about a, uh, an upper echelon, um, uh, team in Arthur Road. So uh, I'm going to take the Never Nudes in this one. And I think Tony, unless some miraculous change happens, uh, might be dumping people like Rendon, uh, might be dumping people like Kershaw uh, when it comes to trade deadline time. So we'll, we'll just Tony, have to Tony, if you listen to this, get at me on the Chris Bryant. <laughs> yeah. I, got, I got the stuff, bro. <laughs> what do you think, Matt? What do you think? Uh, 
just want to touch on Tony's starting pitching strategy because um, I, I know the popular conversation, the thought process, if you, you have that many starting pitchers, you're going to lose saves, you're going to lose holds, but you'll win quality starts, you'll win Ks, you'll win wins, um, but you're also going to lose because of the number of innings that you're pitching. Um, so I was surprised when I looked at the road history rankings at just the walks category. Do you know where Tony is? Third uh, overall. Really? In walks? Yeah. In, walks in walks, yeah. Pitch. It's not intuitive. But, I mean, the starting pitchers that he's throwing out there are not walking people. Um, you know, these guys have been studs thus far this year. Um, mm-hmm. Kershaw's still a Cy Young candidate. Ryu's a Cy Young candidate. Radon, Bassett. Gibson somehow is almost a Cy Young candidate. I mean, the, the starting pitchers that he's throwing out there are, have been ridiculous in this world. Um, and the other part, it's not that starting pitchers inherently are less valuable with walks. It's the number of innings that you amass. Um, and with his rotation, he doesn't necessarily do this, but he has the option of – if he has nine guys who are going to start that week, he can only throw five based on matchups and still keep a, you know, relatively low number of innings pitch that somebody with a heavier reliever strategy is doing. So I don't think the strategy itself is flawed. Um, I think you can manage it and make it work. I would, you know, choose to do I like to try to win every category and have a balanced team, but you know, I can defend it. And, you know, he's number two in pitching right now. He's number nine in offensive offense right now, fifth overall. I just think it's a really strong team. Um, John, you know, obviously has the top-end talent and Woodruff and Bauer, Bregman, Turner. Um, you know, he's obviously hand, handicapped himself uh, by design with the number of NAs and bench spots. So, he may look good in the future, but right now it's not there. I'm going with Tony. Okay. Could you imagine just to just could you imagine if he just traded like let's say Eflin for you know a top tier holds guy and like uh you know Bassett for like a pretty solid closer. I think Bassett and a closer and, a, and maybe another piece, right? So then you're left with Kershaw, Ryu, Rodon, Gibbs, like Cease. And then Syndergaard coming back, and then you actually say you have three of these bullpen guys, like two guys for holds and one for like. Yeah, that's nasty. I mean, that's why pitching is still valuable. Then he still has six or seven starting pitchers, and and then he at least has a chance with holds and saves. The problem is no one's buying. No one's buying starting pitching. If you, I mean, for some of these guys, I would, I would pay the. To me, I would give a solid bullpen piece. For one, for Chris Bassett, and then I could find holds or saves. To me, holds are, are one of the easiest things to find on the market. And as far not as anymore, free agents, I, I think if you yeah. want holds without, if you want holds, a consistent holds, if you want holds just to, you know, I'll use three of my moves on holds. I'm sure you can go find some holds. Uh, but if you want consistent holds, that aren't going to screw up your ERA consistently. Uh, I think a lot of them it changes are, are week taking... to week though. It changes every, like it changed. I mean, for a lot of these teams, like they, I mean, I have a guy who has given up like two runs this whole season has four saves and like six holds. Like he goes week to week on which one he gets. And I, it's 
cool with me, but there's plenty of that going around. Like, I mean, you and I have talked about it because of the A's. We each have a part of that. And that's another one where they just like a lot of coaches are seeing now that their, their relievers are weapons and they can implore them in certain types or certain parts of the lineup and that it's more effective that way. And that kind of how hater used to be used. And now the Mariners are doing it like to a T like that. He even came out and said, is it Scott Cervais? Yeah. Cervais even said yeah. like, this is what we're going to do. We're going to use Graveman against the two, three, four, five guys. And we're going to use Montero. You know what I mean? Like, I, I just think that there's more opportunities to get those guys out there. So for somebody to trade Chris Bassett or whatever cease for like a, like one that you're saying that is the eighth inning guy, like Aaron bummer. What's up. Mm-hmm. Um, then I, I just, that would go a long way for his team and he'd still have six or seven starters with Chris sale and Syndergaard on the, on the IL. Like, yeah. Crazy. I mean, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, just a little update here. I'm sorry. Uh, I just wanted to update, update you guys on the Twins game. The Twins <laughs> just uh, had three miraculous runs. They are now at five to three in the bottom of the eight. So um, this game is wild. Miraculous. Wild, guys. Yeah, they are They are back in the mix here. But let's uh, move on to our next uh, matchup here. And we have... Uh, ooh, Master Chief Wahoos versus Shalom Y'all, um, the the uh, Jewish matchup of the week <laughs> of the year, I guess, uh, since they are in different divisions. Uh, Matt, I'm gonna go ahead and let you start on this one. Uh, just starting with Adam's team, uh, tenth in offense, fifth and or fifteenth in pitching, sixth overall. Uh, I just don't really like the team. Uh, I'll say some good things. There's some good young starting pitching. Ian Anderson, Casey Mize, Frankie Montaz, Pablo Lopez, a couple of great closers. But other than that, uh, you know, I think there's a lot of dead weight here that probably needs to be dropped and picked up, pick up some of these waiver wire guys we're talking about. Uh, Cesar Hernandez, Ahmad Rosario, Austin Nola, Tristan McKenzie before he got sent down. These are all guys who were killing him. Um, so I just, it's just not a very strong team right now. Um, Plus, with that, you know, Ethan has three two-start pitchers this week and Arietta, Musgrove, and Scherzer. Uh, I'm going Ethan. Mazel tov. Mm. Trevor. Um, first of all, don't talk about – I mean, I don't like Ahmed Rosario, but right now you don't talk and about the last two him. weeks. Yeah, this guy is playing outside of his mind right now. Uh, but I'm with you on the fact that he's not great, but – but uh, at least right now, don't drop him. Um, yeah, this is a tough matchup for me to to pick, and I, I like a lot of Adams' pieces, and I and I think he's he's like starting to feel the trades out a little bit, and I think he's getting his getting his uh, his bearing straight on like stuff that he wants or doesn't want, um, which which is exciting because like that's I I wish other people that aren't comfortable. I guess I guess aren't comfortable that have never made trades would do that because he's starting to like he'll text me and he'll ask me about Stanton and you know maybe I you know I'll text him back and you know maybe he thinks the price is too but he's at least like feeling it out for the first time mm-hmm. I feel like so I I like a lot of parts of his team I, I try and get Frankie Montas from him like every other day 
Um, I really thought he was going to come out and, and shove tonight. He had eight Ks, so that's nice. But giving up four runs to Seattle is rough. Um, he got a hold from Tanner Scott with a 54 ERA um, and a hey, six work. whip. That <laughs> plays, baby. Yeah. Um, I, I, yeah, I, I think Ethan's got it this week, though. Um, yeah. His his pitching is is good. He got Romano. I probably cut bait too soon on that. Um, so he's got a good bullpen like Norris and Romano, um, and then Musgrove is is pitching great. Um, and then I think his offense is is just all around a little bit better. You know, like um Simeon is is hot right now um Castellanos hopefully Suarez is I mean there's nowhere to go but up um Schwarber is playing outside his mind so um I, I like Ethan's team to win this week and um yeah I, I think I think he's gonna take it pretty handily actually I like Adam's team um it, uh, the the problem is Adam is one and three and one against the rest of the league and two and oh against me I think that uh, the only way Adam's team hits is if they face me, uh, especially Kepler. He's just conveniently out every time he faces everybody else. Uh, but when he, uh, you know, comes in uh, against me, he's just insane. And he was playing out of his mind, um, you know, this last week up until uh, it looks like today uh, he had a hamstring injury and uh, we'll, we'll see, um, you know, how long that lasts. But as far as like depth, I mean, in Adam's team, he just has none uh, on offense. At least there's just not a lot there. Um, he, you're right with Cesar, Cesar Hernandez and, and Profar. And uh, you know, there's just, I mean, when your utilities are those guys, it's just, it's not a good scene. I do. I love his pitching. I love, um, his starting pitching, at least Ian Anderson, uh, when Sixto comes back, Mize, Montez, Lopez. I mean, it's just it, it's beautiful. Uh, Melanson in the in as a uh, closing option. I mean, it looks good. Uh, it's just as far as hitting, it just mm, just doesn't look as good. Uh, Rosario um, really ruined my year. Uh, Andres Jimenez, you know, he played out of his mind and they sent him down to the minors because they had the option to, you know, stick Rosario at short or uh, in center field, whatever. Um, so, and, you know, Santana, a good on-base on percentage guy. I just think that on the other side, Ethan's team um, with with his Reds, Cassianos is uh, playing MVP right now. Uh, and, uh, you know, he's got good enough hitting to to beat him on that end on the pitching end um ethan holds his ground he's got some guys that uh, are, are questionable I, I don't like arietta i don't like marquez i think they're they're guys that can go three innings and have above 10 eras any day of the week is same thing with jay half i mean he's just full of just inning old inning eaters musgrove and scherzer though will get him his numbers um, I, I think Ethan's going to win this one, but I think it's going to be closer than you guys think. I think that the, the pitching, um, even though it doesn't look so good right now, will even out for Adam and, and uh, he'll give him a run for his money. But I, I agree with you guys. I think Ethan's going to take it. Um, let's go on to our next matchup here. Uh, we have the disabled list. SC, four and three. So he's climbed out from the bottom here versus Rumham 
And uh, Trevor, go ahead and defend yourself real quick. I am so happy that Max's team got off to a hot start today because <laughs> they're ultimately just going to let him down. And, you know, at least I gave him a day to be like, oh, man, we absolutely tore the cover off the ball for a day, you know. Um, but, yeah, I, I, I think I'm going to win and um, just going to prove that my picking Matt last week was not a GG. I generally <laughs> thought you were going to beat me. <laughs> I had like seven guys on the aisle and we only, we don't have seven aisle spots. So, um, but I, but I got Giancarlo coming back tomorrow. Well, they haven't said it, but they said it was going to be a minimum stay. So, um, so I'm, you know, Carson Kelly's coming back. I'm feeling, feeling good. Gavin Lux is hitting the snot of the ball. Um, I, yeah, I feel, I feel good about it. I am worried at Max's pitching a little bit because um, he picked up Gomber and I know it's the Mets and then he has another two star. He has another start against the Pirates, but like for him to go eight innings and uh, eight strikeouts and no walks, like what the, it's so <laughs> stupid. So yeah, I, I, it's ridiculous. Like, it, but knowing Gomber, he'll like have seven walks and give up eight runs against the Pirates or something. So yeah. maybe um, maybe I'm jumping the gun there, but um, I'm hoping Graveman can come back from COVID, even though they they didn't say whether he has it. They just put him on the COVID nineteen list, so maybe he, you know, that's the big part of my team, and he didn't even pitch against Matt last week, so I need I need him and and Trevino didn't get a save opportunity, so I do need my bullpen to step it up against Maxis because he's got a pretty solid pen. Um, but Michael Kopech is pitching right now and, uh, walking people. Um, <laughs> but, but I think I'm going to get some quality innings with, um, and I, I, I think I have enough pitching to stack up. Um, it, it just depends on how well his other guys pitch, I think. Um, but we're both going to hit. Um, so that's going to be exciting to, to watch the, the offensive numbers, uh, this week, but yeah, I got myself. You got any plans for Graveman? If he goes on COVID, Graveman. I mean, it looks like he's gonna. He looks like he's. Oh, he's COVID. on COVID. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm just gonna. Like I said, I don't have a. I don't have a roster spot, um, and I'm not gonna drop. I know a lot of people probably be like Alzale or McClanahan, or I had Tony Gonsolin, but I'm. I'd rather have those guys season long, um, and and not drop and miss whatever. Maybe because I don't even know. Maybe he doesn't have COVID and he has a false positive and, or, you know, whatever, um, passes, I don't know, fails or passes the test, mm -hmm. um, tomorrow and he's back. So I don't know. Yeah. But uh, I'm not going to make a move right now. Okay. All right. Uh, I'll go off this one. Uh, Max's team doesn't look nearly as scary without Mookie bets. I don't know. I, I guess I just don't, a Rosarina just isn't as scary to me. Uh, Torres, you know, not, not nearly as much. Um, that being said, Max's team got off to a great start today, 429. Uh, every hitter that he had played today got a few hits, not just one, few hits. Um, and and Gomber. Uh, if I would have known that the Mets lineup, I, I really haven't. I have all the Mets, <laughs> Jeff McNeil and, and Pete Alonzo. Uh, I know Conforto's out. Uh, and so for some reason, I still just didn't get the gist that the Mets were just going to march out 
um, a bunch of nobodies or just it's bad. Uh, I don't know if you guys saw Steve Cohen's tweet, the owner of the Mets uh, came out and said, does anybody want to suit up? Uh, oh because, gosh, that's not yeah, <laughs> that's not something you really want to uh, say on Twitter. But he's shown that he's a uh, you know like a pretty outgoing owner on right, Twitter. Right. But yeah, yeah, he's he said, uh, "Does anybody want to?" I thought that was kind of funny, but but yeah, that lineup is pretty sad. If you want to have a spot start against anybody, it's probably the Mets for this next week until you get Pete and maybe Conforto and some other people back. Uh, but McNeil's looking like they he said is, Conforto's out till late June. Ah, uh, McNeil as well um, is. Yeah is going to be out till late June. So that's a problem for the Mets. Uh, but yeah, their, their lineup looks real weak. Um, yeah. I think Max's team, um, the pitching looks decent. Uh, I know he get, that's a huge boost from Gomber uh, to, to get a, a spot start like that. Um, and we also get to see Alec Manoa Noa um, later on this week for Toronto. So that should be exciting. Um, on the other end, you're, team is just looking a little hobbled i know we're gonna see bellinger back here hopefully sooner rather than later do you think he's gonna be here this week yeah they're they're looking at this weekend okay so, so I, I don't know if it's enough to make a difference at all but but I, at least some uh can I take mean, somebody yeah. off the aisle <laughs> yeah absolutely um but but yeah i mean i think it's gonna be a close matchup i i just think max is gonna take it i think this this start here uh is gonna go for a while and and unfortunately i've seen it myself i've been on hot streaks in fantasy sports five wins in a row whatever sometimes things just fall apart after you go for a good five six seven game win streak and uh you lose a couple here doesn't mean you won't bounce back uh but but yeah, trend things start to trend downward, and you see, you know, what's going on. Maybe some changes happen. But uh, I'm going to take Max in this one. Uh, Matt, what do you think? We guys covered it pretty well, so I won't uh, belabor it too much. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think this is a really good matchup. It's certainly the matchup of the week. I think uh, these are two of the top four rosters in the league. Um, Trevor Sam, we know even with the injuries, still has a killer offense. The, the pitching is pretty good too, and that's why he's number one overall in the roto, at least of last week. Um, Max's team, I look at that offense, and it, it's number four in offense. And I, I look at it, and I think it's underperforming. Like I think that offense is really stacked. Uh, the pitching staff is 13th, but he's missed time from Gallon. He missed time from Freed. Like I think that's going to bounce back. Like. I just think it's a really good team, and, and Max might be, uh, you know, starting to make a little run here. And within a few weeks, we might see him at or near the top of the uh, the, the divisions. It's going to be a really close one. Um, sorry, Trevor, but I'm, I'm going Max. Yep, it is what it is, Playboy. It is what it is. All right, next matchup here. Uh, I think we're we're pretty excited for this one, but we're going to go. Tim's for my hooligans versus Oscar Schnubs. Trevor, what do you think? Uh, yeah, I, I think Matt here. Um, and this totally, it's not totally against Levi. It's also because Matt's team is, is pretty solid. It's like, I mean, like when you, you pick up Freddie Galvis and then he has two multi-hit games for you, like that doesn't happen for anybody else right now. Like you, that's, I mean, come on. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, but Guerrero had two bombs a day. And, oh, they called Hero back up? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. 
was he crushing AAA or what? In nine games, he hit like 400, 500, 900. Okay, but, but that was there was something he he in the big leagues this year. He was the worst hitter against oh. fastballs, the worst hitter against fastballs, and you cannot be the worst hitter against fastballs <laughs> when you're yeah. all you do is hit. You know, like so. So that's good that he's back up. But still, Soto's been rough. I think he's gonna he's gonna flip it. Um, and then I mean, just like top to bottom, like even your bench guys, I'm like, dude, it's just it's annoying. So yeah, it doesn't look good for Levi. I mean, having Tatis, um, but he's got a lot of just underperformers, and and it, like I think Levi's team is fine. Like I said, it's not, but the, his team is just underperforming right now. Like uh, I mean, Gallo is not good. Right now, I don't know what, what's going on. I mean, seven home runs, but like, I that's one of those things where I was talking about earlier where it's not that early in the season. When you see seven home runs from Gallo and you're mentally going, oh, we're we're only a quarter of the way through the season. That's not good for a guy that's hit 50 home runs before. So um, his pitching is, is pretty good. Um but right now it's a 12-2 ERA versus an 81 ERA. Yeah. So, oh, it's Riveting. only in it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, but, yeah, but I like your guys. Gossman's um, pitching great. Bieber, um, Snell hasn't been great. Um, but you'll get two starts out of him. Um, so he'll probably turn it around. Um. Yeah, I just don't know that I, I just don't like much for Levi this week. I think his team is fine, but but I don't think it's got it this week. Yeah. Yeah, I I, I agree with the the um the Gallo thing. When you got a guy that you mainly have on your team so he hits home runs and he only hits one in two weeks, that's a problem. I mean that's a problem. You you need uh that guy to do something else, whether it be get on base, uh hit some singles, do something. Uh, doubles. Hopefully, if somebody hits a lot of home runs and no doubles, that's alarming. Um, and and so that's that's a real big gap on his team. On the other end, uh, Matt's version of Soto or Matt's version of uh, Gallo, Adam Duvall is doing his uh Gallo impersonation a little bit better. He had a home run tonight. Um, he had a few last week. Uh, so you know that's always good. Um, Vladimir Guerrero hit some bombs tonight and he looked like an MVP type player, uh, coming in. I know they lost that game by six and extras, but, um, in the, in a real clutch situation, he hit that big time home run. He looks really good. Yeah. Um, yeah, your offense is just playing out of their mind. This is one of those teams that's, that's super hot. Um, probably the, the, you know, the most streakiest one in our division, obviously you're in first place. Uh, you're playing really well. Uh, Snell didn't have his best outing tonight, and I saw that coming against the Brewers. Um, I, I think that that uh, that was going to be a, a showdown between him and Woodruff, and it, it just didn't work out for him. But uh, but yeah, I think you'll bounce back on the on the pitching end. Uh, Maeda uh, probably not going to come back anytime soon, and Jesus. Lazardo probably won't come back as a starter, so you might need to make a move on the on the pitching end. Um, but uh, yeah, your offense is just absolutely going to crush him. I think the only way that Levi has any chance this week is going to be on the pitching end, and he's going to have to take some uh, 
some some moves and and put together some offensive stats because it's already looking like he's he's getting pretty far behind. So I'm going to take Matt this one. Uh, in this one, it's going to be closer to nine to one. I think. I think that Levi's going to step it up on the pitching end, like I said. Um, but uh, I'll go like eight to five ish. Uh, Matt wins this one. Matt, go ahead and defend yourself. <laughs> uh, well, I mean, I think Levi. I mean, he's got some stud bats, Albies, Tatis, Whit. They're all good. The offense is pretty balanced and good all around. Uh, you know, it's sixth and Roto. Uh, Pitching is 10th. There's some guys there that I don't really trust. Uh, Lesser, Veta, Rich Hill at his age. And then, you know, most of his relief pitchers are from Miami, KC, and Baltimore. Uh, you know, so even if they put up good ratios, a lot of times they're not in a position to win to get holds or, or saves. But it's a solid team. Um, that said, uh, you know, I'm not going to pull pull a Trevor from last week and pick against myself. Uh, hey, I, I got to pick them right, baby. <laughs> yeah, I, mean, I don't really concern myself with with my opponent. I just tell my guys to go out there and play Tim's baseball, and uh, you know everything uh, usually works out in our favor. Trevor's shaking this, his head right. This fucking guy, yeah. <laughs> so I'm I'm going Tim's. Okay. All right. Hey, good pick. That's a bold pick, but a good pick. <laughs> uh, we'll we'll talk about our last matchup here, and what we have is. Uh, save Ferris three and three on a two game losing streak versus Camacho. Trevor, tell me what you think. And this is like one of the, this is Chase's team is something that like, I, I feel like I, I know baseball pretty well, but Chase's team like defies what I think I know about baseball, I guess. Like I just don't like these players. Maybe that's what it is, but like he's winning. I mean, it's working. He's an enigma. Uh, to me, yeah, I'm sure some people will probably make sense of this. Like, I mean, if he has, I mean, he has Jose Ramirez and Jordan and Loriano. I've been very vocal about uh, that. I like, but like, uh, like, I w- how come I can't get it done with Miguel Rojas? You know what I mean? Like, I want to mm-hmm. be able to throw those guys in my lineup and just call it good. <laughs> um, I, yeah, I don't, I don't. I mean, whatever. It, like. I think Huck wins this week. Um, uh, just again, looking at your lineup, there's more people that I think are better ball players than Chase's. So, like, I don't know. I really like what Solak's done. I thought that was a steal, um, steal of a deal earlier in the season. I know he hasn't been as hot as late, but um, the eligibility is nice, and and he's he's still putting together a really nice season. Um, Benintendi's made some changes in his swing with a stance um, and it's paid huge dividends over the last, what, two, three weeks. I mean, you could probably be more two weeks. He's hit a lot better. Um, and, I, and I think the power is going to come back a little bit. Um, yeah. I like your lineup um, just, just top to bottom. I think again, if I, if I were to take some of the play, like top tier players, I like some of Chase's guys and maybe they're doing just a bunch for him. Um, but from top to bottom, I like your team more. And then y'all are both doing the same pitching strategy. This is really where I think you're going to win um, this week. Is he? He told me that he wasn't punting starting pitching, but then like he's doing the thing, right? <laughs> um, he has Nathan Yavaldi as his only pitcher, starting pitcher. Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I think just the quality there. If y'all are both doing the same strategy, I'm taking Curran, Jack, Deekman, Fry, and Bard over Araldis. Like, Tapera's night, Ryan Tapera, who we picked up last night, is really good. I, I He was on my watch list. Um, but but I just don't think uh, – I mean, you got DeGrom coming back this week, right? Mm-hmm. Tuesday. Tomorrow. Tuesday. Tomorrow, yeah. Um, and then having the like, even your SPs that are relievers, I think, are better with Castillo, Green, and Soto versus Luizaga. And this isn't there's so many T Richards, Trevor Richards <laughs> isn't the right T Richards. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I think Huck takes this one, Matt. What do you think? I think Trevor's baseball senses are spot on. Uh, I <laughs> Team and this is the number one offense in roto rankings. Uh, it's 14th in pitching, but it's still good enough for second overall because that offense has been so strong. But I look at that offense, and Yuli's not going to hit like this all year. Jared Walsh is not going to hit like this all year. I know some of you guys probably like him more than I do, but up and down that offense, I don't see a single player who is underperforming. It's like they're all hitting better than one would expect. Perhaps we're just wrong on all these guys, but I don't think that's likely. So I just think offense is, uh, you know, due for a big downturn. Uh, frankly, I'm just kind of selling Chase's team at, at the peak. Um, you know, and, and again, we talked about roster construction. Um, you know, it seems like he's tried to go to – the, the RP strategy, but he doesn't have the the SPs at the top. He doesn't have those horses to really make it work. Um, so, yeah, he, even though his team has been really good, uh, you know, I'm selling it right now. Uh, I'm going with Huck. Yeah, as far as Chase's pitching strategy, and you may be right, it's confusing uh, what he's doing because um, he does have Soroka, who is out for the year, Framber will come back, so he'll have Framber and and T1 Walker. But if you're gonna, like I've said in the past, if you're gonna do a strategy like this, where it's been done by John and I, yeah, John done it to even more of an extreme, um, because John had three really solid pitchers, and so did Chuck. When Chuck Chuck did it with, and he had um, Cole and and somebody and somebody, yeah, I don't know, yeah. This but, is like two, like the, the top, like fifteen, top ten, to top fifteen pitchers. You need somebody that's going to strike out a good amount of people and lower your ERA and eat a bunch of innings. And Eovaldi, T1 Walker, and Framber, while they're not terrible, it's just that's just not you know whatever. He's got one guy. I, I, maybe Daniel Hudson will take over for the reliever for the Nationals. Uh, sometime the season of Brad hand falters, but he's got one guy that closes in Chapman. Um, and he's got some middle reliever guys, you know, not saying that um, everyday Yosmero, which is, I guess this is his nickname everyday Yosmero and uh, Jonathan Losaiga is, are not bad pitchers. They're just not everyday pitchers. He's they're like the seventh inning guys. Mm-hmm. Um, the, so it's just, it's one of the situations where, yes, you're right. His offense is playing great um, somehow, uh, you know, uh, 
you, you talk about Miguel Rojas. Miguel Rojas is great. I mean, he's always been great. Um, he's just been kind I mean, of a great as a contact hitter. He's he's been a guy that sit, sits around 300, doesn't hit a lot of home runs, um, but comes out and like um, who's due for the Twins? Second baseman, Arias. Arias. He's he's an free Arias. Agent, free agent Arias. Free agent Arias. Yeah. Um, but he he's like that. I mean, he comes out and he he puts the bat to the ball and he gets on base. It's what he's done his entire career. Um, I know this from a from a daily fantasy perspective because he's always like, you know. Lowing lower priced, um, but he can always you know bang out uh, double digit points. So mm. Miguel Rojas ain't ain't bad. Escobar is playing crazy. Uria or Guriel's playing crazy. His offense is is feared. Um, you know with Loriano and 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 Jordan, it's it's a great great offense, solid offense. Um, but yeah, I'm gonna agree with you. I'm gonna take uh, myself this week. This these last few weeks, my team, a lot of my main players have been hurt. Uh, it's hard to win pitching with Otani and a bunch of relievers, um, especially when Otani was skipping starts. I mean, I was really scraping by with that 20 innings. I, last week, I was afraid I wasn't going to reach 20 innings. Uh, and you know, with Pete what, hurt, do you, do you lose all the categories? I've yes. Never... Yes, you'll lose every category. Um, <laughs> yeah. It's not something I, I wanted to do. It didn't really matter last week because I got so stomped. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah. Um, no, my offense, yeah, I, I remember earlier in the season, my offense, I was talking about, like, I can't drop anybody. You know, I can't trade anybody. Well, it's kind of opened up. Obviously, I can drop and trade. Uh, Adubel is playing great lately, but uh, I have him plugged in. Uh, Tuckman, you know, is doing decent. Uh, right after I talked about him leading off, uh, he, he got moved down to the seventh and eighth spot for the Giants, so um, that's probably gonna gonna be somebody that might get cut. I know you were talking about Benintendi. Benintendi's great. I love Benintendi. The problem is he just doesn't hit the ball. If you need singles, anybody needs singles because Benintendi's like Mister Single. Uh, if you look in the last two weeks, he just really puts the bat on the ball. Uh, it's just little bleeders <laughs> between first and second or up the middle. So um, yeah. love Ben. Love I think, Henry, but yeah. I think in regards to your team, there there are a number of guys that I know you really like um, that I think you're probably going to have to make a decision on fairly soon on whether or not to cut bait. Uh, you may not like to hear it, but Dalbig and Mountcastle among them. Um, mm, you can't. I'm not going to cut bait on them. I mean, yeah, I'm not going to like <laughs> drop them. <laughs> that, that's, uh, I do want to say something about your team in a, in a public forum. Uh, I listen to a Neil Brennan podcast, and he has a segment called Neil Go Apologize, where he admits when he was wrong. And uh, I'd like to do Matt Go Apologize, because at the draft house, I told you the love of your life, Shohei Otani, as good as he was, didn't pitch enough or get enough plate appearances to make him valuable in fantasy. And boy, was I fucking wrong. So, uh, yeah. Yeah, that's a bold. That's a man. That's a bold claim. See, when I take claims, it's like Teoscar Hernandez strikes out too much to be good, right? That's that way. Yeah. When I have to say, "Hey, he's pretty damn good," it's like, well, you know, jury was out on Teoscar, but Otani, come on, yeah. we knew he was gonna hit. <laughs> like, yeah, guy's a superstar hitter. I so. thought he ended up hitting four days a week, and you know, kind of being like a Jock Peterson type guy. He's yeah. unleashed. He's been unleashed. And I'm, I love what the angels have done because it's, it's a great yeah, for baseball. If the yeah. angels are doing one thing, right. It, it is though, Tony, but like 
please bring up Brandon Marsh or Joe Adele. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but you know, as much as I love Otani pitcher, God, I love Otani pitching days. I can't, I can't wait till four <laughs> days from now. Uh, it, one quality star in the year. So, um, you know, he hasn't been stretched out to that seventh inning, but once, um, and you know, he's, he struck out a ton of people, but he's also walked a ton of people. I mean, we're talking that's like 22 years with Tommy John guys. It always takes a little while to get the control back. You know, it's, it probably won't be till July to where they even let him go close to a hundred pitches or something like, you yeah. know, like, and the control is always the last thing to come after Tommy John. So, well, I hope you're right. I really do hope you're right. I'm going to, I'm going to take myself to win. Uh, me and Chase have a little card bet on, uh, uh, on this, on this game. What we're going to do is the loser has to, uh, get a, uh, some kind of card off eBay of one of their teams is a surprise. Somebody off his team, somebody off my team um, and send it to uh, one of them. So I've been looking at, I, uh, I wish that there'd be something cool that the whole league could do. Yeah, it'd be cool. I mean, you know, it's, it, we're doing a $50 limit. Um, so yeah, I don't want to do it. Uh, yeah. yeah. So I've been looking up Robbie Grossman, uh, rookie card <laughs> signatures and seeing what I can, what I can pull down. Maybe a little Danny Santana. Hey, um, yeah. <laughs> What's up? You know, I we talk about Robbie Grossman real quick. Sure, man, let's I, talk about him. The first three weeks, because you know, I got a little connection there, and he's a decent <laughs> bench guy. And then I dropped him with some came back, and Chase picked him up, and he has been tearing the fucking cover off the ball. I, I look, he's probably the fiftieth best offensive player in the league right now. It's insane. Yeah, he's a leadoff for Detroit. I mean, and if you're looking at Daily Fantasy uh, tonight, I think he was like the sixth most expensive guy, and we have some pretty good guys playing tonight. So uh, his stat yeah. cast page is like he is like top. He's in like the 80th percentile and like sprint speed, chase rate, whiff percent, ev- literally everything. Barrels, hard hits. It's all red. His whole stat cast page is red. It's it's pretty crazy to see what he's doing at 31 years old. Good for Robbie. Good for Robbie. Good for Robbie. All right, guys, that's it for matchups. Uh, do you guys have anything to say before we log off today and uh, head out into this week? Hope for, hoping our predictions are correct. Um, no, no. <laughs> gotcha. I'm. I, I'll yeah. say this before we go. I am open to offensive trades. Just uh, you know, going go going through this. Uh, weekly podcast and breaking down these teams. I saw some offensive players that I really liked and, and I sent out a few trades. You guys want to respond to that? Um, Adoles Garcia. While and, we were doing the pod. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, Oh, wow, I was, wow, ta- wow. I was literally check, saying what I got. <laughs> oh no, I, I'm sorry. I, I'm sorry. I didn't say anything to y'all. I didn't want to, I didn't want to stop your, your train of thought. Maybe I'll get some, you know, later tonight, but yeah, I'm sitting here talking up these players and being like, okay, I'll take them. Uh, it's probably not going to happen, but, but, you know, you, you can always hope. Um, but yeah, uh, thanks for listening guys. I know we, we put, uh, an hour and a half, an hour 45, uh, on your, on your work day, on commute, on whatever. And, uh, yeah, we will talk to you guys next week. See you later. See you guys.